Chapter 6 It was a good thing I called for an ambulance when I did, because by the time they arrived, Omar was unresponsive in his room. I banged on the door repeatedly, stopping to explain the gist of the problem to the two paramedics standing by the couch. I ran over and fumbled through our junk drawer in the kitchen to find the apartment bedroom door keys. Once the door was opened, I stepped back and let the paramedics do their job. They were able to get him stabilized, but said that he needed to be taken to the hospital for a blood transfusion and to be tested for COVID-19. Omar was going to be pissed when he woke up in the hospital, but I figured he'd get over it, because the alternative was to not wake up at all. One must make sacrifices to stay alive. My curiosity and desire for answers was at an all-time high, but I still waited to plug the thumb drive into my laptop. I paced the apartment, sweating even though I had the chills, and my eyes were watering from the strong scent of Lysol that still hung in the air. Anything could have been on that thumb drive, but I had the sneaking suspicion that it was going to rock me to my core. Something was off about slain lamb ministries. Really off. My need to know peaked. I took a deep breath and closed my bedroom curtains. The fan spun overhead. Sitting at my laptop, I opened the thumb drive folder. Over an hour's worth of video files. I clicked open that first video with such ease, not knowing that by the last video, it would take every bit of strength and self-control to keep going. The images that flashed across my screen took something from me, deep down in my soul. I can't even find the right words to describe the type of horror that gripped my heart with each clip I watched. Pastor Akka was a nightmare of epic proportions, but I knew that I was willing to save my sister or die trying. I called in sick for work the next day and spent my hours preparing for the monumental task ahead of me. One more good night's sleep. Who was I fooling? Then I'd put my plan into action. As I stared up at the ceiling above me, I accepted the fact that I was in way over my head. Closing my eyes, I truly prayed for the first time in years. I was in the habit of blessing my food, but it had been a long time since I poured my heart out to God. A miracle was needed for me to go into the proverbial belly of the beast and come out alive with my sister in tow. I hadn't even worried about my dad. He was too stubborn and blinded to listen to reason. I was sure of it. Twinges of guilt tried to vie for my affections, but I refused them space in my head. My sister was the innocent party in all of this. She was my focus. She was the cause of the current insane ideas jumping through my brain. The constant echo of my thoughts droned on for hours. Eventually, I slept. The alarm's scream jolted me awake, and my movements reminded me of a quote from an early Stephen King novel. He wrote that there was no devilish conspiracy behind the way a person acted when they unwittingly stuck their hand in a wasp's nest.
Their guttural screams and wild gyrations were nothing but a momentary loss of who they were. Their mind took a seat as their physical reflexes gained control. Alarm clocks and wasp nests are similar in that way. People are willing to do whatever is necessary, as quick as possible, to put an end to the incessant buzzing. No thought is given to optics, or what anyone else might think if they were to catch a glimpse of the fight for silence. This was my stream of thought as I picked myself up off the floor, untangled my feet from the sheets, and finally turned the alarm off. I hit my chin so hard on the wooden floor that some blood had dripped onto my sheets. The deep red stood out in vivid contrast to the cottony white fabric. It was a bad omen for the day ahead. I just didn't know it yet. The apartment still smelled of bleach, though it was more tolerable than it was the day I walked into the new craziness that my life had become. I drained the kitchen sink and even washed the odorous chemicals out of Omar's clothes. But in his rush to clean himself, he'd made an absolute mess. The couch was stained, and numerous spots littered the wooden floor, while the kitchen towels and rugs were completely ruined. It would have been natural to be angry with Omar about the damage, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't blame him for not thinking rationally after the experience he'd had. I hoped he was going to be all right. It would be a few days before he got his test results back. I texted my dad, which was the first step in my plan. Pretending to see the error of my ways and admitting that my dad had been right all along was the quickest way he was going to let his guard down. If you can't beat them, pretend to join them. That was my new motto. I knew the whole idea was a pipe dream. But that is what makes hope so intoxicating, yet also dangerous. I was hanging on to but a sliver, but that little bit was enough to make me believe anything was possible, and so I just kept moving forward with the plan. When doubts arose, I simply pushed them away. My backpack was full of supplies. The day before, I'd made a run to the store to buy what I needed. Hoisting it up onto my back, I realized just how heavy it was. Everything I'd need was inside of it, except for the small red pocket knife. I always kept that in the pocket of my jeans. My dad had given it to me as a gift when I joined Boy Scouts. I hadn't stayed in for very long, but I'd used the knife during all of the years since. One time, I used it to kill a snake from the backyard. I'd planned on cooking it. But my mom put a stop to that real quick. Before my dad got home, she made me throw the dead thing out into the pond behind our home. To this day, I'm still certain that my dad would have let me eat it. He'd been a lot cooler then. But now, I was off to save my sister from his stupidity. Because I was familiar with the basic layout of the church building from my visit there years before... I planned to lay my bag outside the men's bathroom window. I'd arrive a couple of hours early and drop my bag off under the window on the back side of the building. At some point, after joining my dad and sister, I would go to the bathroom, get my bag, and start the rescue attempt. It seems silly now, 
But at the time, I thought using bug bombs was a brilliant idea. I would roll them into the sanctuary, incapacitating most of the congregants, while I escaped with Lucy. The gas mask I'd brought was not only for keeping out the fumes, but also for protection against any of the crazy people's nasty biological warfare tactics. I didn't plan to end up like Omar. The mag light was in case someone wanted to get physical with my sister and me. I scanned the apartment for anything forgotten. Seeing nothing, I turned to leave. Bam! A bird smashed into the front room window, making me jump. I looked up just in time to see the small, fragile body set off toward the ground below. A dusty imprint on the glass reflected the ghost of its last flight. This was the second bad omen I ignored on that fateful day. I closed the apartment door, locked it, and headed toward my car. <laughs>